It's interesting to see in uh, First Samuel chapter 12, uh, verse 16, where it says, Now stand here and see the great things that the Lord is about to do. And then Samuel called to the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain at the time when thunder and rain was not the season for it. It just amazed everybody that a man could speak to God and change the elements. <clears throat> Another uh, interesting thing is when Samuel was 30 years old when he became king and he reigned for 42 years. He reigned for 42 years, so when King David took over, King David must have been, well, of course, we know that he hunted King David for about 20 years. But there was a lot of years there where David was uh, serving King Saul before Saul threw the javelin at him. Anyway, another thing that's really interesting about this reading that we just read on today's May 12th is the fact that uh, on, on chapter 11, there was 300,000 men from Israel that went to battle and they fought against the uh, Ammons or something like that, that uh, on the east side of the river, <clears throat> the Ammonites and defeated them and now when he summons he summons the other people over here uh, they uh, he only picks he picks 3,000 special troops from the army of Israel and sends the rest of men home he took 2,000 of them with him and 1,000 with, with his son Jonathan and then I guess if after seven days of the, the the other the opposing team the Philistines just said that there were so many of them that uh, it was like sand on the on the on the floor on the desert so many of the enemies so no wonder the all the other troops were trembling like crazy over here they were said there was only 600 left of the Israelites with with Saul and Jonathan um, but surely. It's amazing how this one race of Israelites would uh, depend so much on the Lord to deliver them and to get them through incredible odds. Anyway, and then uh, talking about Jesus in chapter 7, uh, it talks about that, uh, that Jesus' brothers didn't even believe in him. And it's amazing that they didn't believe because his brother said, uh, the, leave here and go to Judea. And this is John chapter 7, verse 2, 3. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you, if you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world, for even his brothers didn't believe in him. So it's amazing, amazing. They, they, they saw his miracles and what he did, but they, they still had a reserve of unbelief in him, you know. That is, uh, boggles the imagination, how, you know, a disrespect to the Lord's work and obvious things in front of you. 
that shows that shows how unbelief is such a sin uh, the sin of mockery and uh, condemnation and criticizing and judgment blocks belief belief is tender belief is like a little child belief loves good let's go enjoys what is right and it just boggles the imagination that people will, will like Jesus said the Lord was marvel at their unbelief okay doke so with that uh, and I always enjoy uh, listening how Jesus went to the to the festival of shelters and he tells the people my message is not from my own it comes from God who sent me anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves but a person who seeks to honor the one who sent him speaks truth not lies so there again have wanting glory for yourself uh, avoids the uh, wanting glory for yourself you don't give credit to the miracles of God because you want the attention you you're just like Satan your father you want to be worshipped you want the credit instead of passing it on that we are a created being and our credit and mercy belongs to the father of lights but it's interesting to see that anyone with a willing heart who wants to do the will of God anyone with a with a belief that they know in their hearts that they use their will appropriate to know the will of the Father and that's how easy they pick up the will of the Son and they merge them together right in this passage to so the ones who were open to God's will easily be believed in Jesus and it's amazing how much courage Jesus had they were trying to hold him but he showed himself Psalms 107 talks about how God when he spoke and he raised the waves from these fishermen And it's amazing how the first psalm, Psalm uh, 107, declares the, uh, the the things that God has done. And Psalm 108, you know, the, they were disconnected. In the Old Testament, there were numbers like this. It's just, my heart is confident in you, O God. No wonder I can sing your praises with all my heart. You know how his heart is confident? It's because he has just recounted how many times the Lord has delivered the nation of Israel. And if I recount how many times the Lord has delivered me, my heart will be confident in God. And my heart will sing its praises with joyful heart. I will thank the Lord among the people. I will sing his praises for his unfailing love is higher than the heavens. His faithfulness reaches to the clouds. I will rejoice in the Lord and what he has done and what he's continued to do. Amen. Gentle words are a tree of life. Praise the Lord for his words. Amen. May 12th.
1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1. Then Samuel addressed all Israel, I have done as you ask and given you a king. Your king is now your leader. I stand here before you an old gray-haired man, and my sons serve you. I have served as your leader from the time I was a boy to this very day. Now, testify against me in the presence of the Lord and before his anointed one, whose ox or donkey have I stolen? I ever, have I ever cheated any of you? Have I ever oppressed you? Have I ever taken a bribe or perverted justice? Tell me and I will make right whatever I have done wrong. No, they replied, you have never cheated us or oppressed us. And you have never taken even a single bribe. The Lord and his anointed one are my witnesses today. Samuel declared that my hands are clean. Yes, he is a witness, they replied. It was the Lord who appointed Moses and Aaron, Samuel continued. He brought your ancestors out of the land of Egypt. Now stand here quietly before the Lord. As I remind you of all the great things the Lord has done for you and your ancestors. When the Israelites were in Egypt and cried out to the Lord, He sent Moses and Aaron to rescue them from Egypt and to bring them into this land. But the people soon forgot about the Lord their God, so He handed them over to Sisera, the commander of Hazor's army, and also to the Philistines and to the kings of Moab who fought against them. Then they cried to the Lord again and confessed, We have sinned by turning away from the Lord and worshiping the images of Baal and Ashtoreth. But we will worship you and you alone if you will rescue us from our enemies. Then the Lord sent Gideon, Medan, Jephthah, and Samuel to save you, and you lived in safety. But when you were afraid of Nahash, the king of Ammon, you came to me and said that you wanted a king to reign over you, even though the Lord your God was already your king. All right, here is the king you have chosen. You asked for him, and the Lord has granted your request. Now, if you fear and worship the Lord and listen to his voice, and if you do not rebel against the Lord's commands, then both you and your king will show that you recognize the Lord as your God. But if you rebel against the Lord's commands and refuse to listen to him, then his hand will be as heavy upon you as it was upon your ancestors. Now stand here and see the great things the Lord is about to do. You know that it does not rain at this time of the year during the wheat harvest. I will ask the Lord to send thunder and rain today. Then you will realize how wicked you have been and asking the Lord for a king. So Samuel called to the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people were terrified of the Lord and of Samuel. Pray to the Lord your God for us, or we will die, they all said to Samuel. For now we have added to our sins by asking for a king. Don't be afraid, Samuel, reassure them you have certainly done wrong. But make sure now that you worship the Lord with all your heart and don't turn your back on Him. Don't go back to worshiping worthless idols that cannot help or rescue you. They are totally useless. 
the Lord will not abandon his people because that would dishonor his great name. For it has pleased the Lord to make you his very own people. As for me, I will certainly not sin against the Lord by ending my prayers for you. And I will continue to teach you what is good and right. But be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he has done for you. But if you continue to sin, you and your king will be swept away. Saul was 30 years old when he became king and he reigned for 42 years. Saul selected 3,000 special troops from the army of Israel and sent the rest of their men home. He took 2,000 of the chosen men with him to Michmash and the hill country of Bethel. The other 1,000 men with Saul's son, Jonathan, to Gibeah in the land of Benjamin. Soon after this, Jonathan attacked and defeated the garrison of Philistines at Gibeah. The news spread quickly among the Philistines. Saul blew the ram's horn throughout the land, saying, Hebrews, hear this. Rise up in revolt. All Israel heard the news that Saul had destroyed the Philistine garrison at Giba, and that the Philistine now hated the Israelites more than ever. So the entire Israelite army was summoned to join Saul at Gilgag. The Philistine mustered a mighty army of 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and as many warriors as the grain of sand on the seashore. They camped at Michmash, east of Bet-Aven. The men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in, and because they were hard-pressed by the enemy, they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, and cisterns. Some of them crossed the Jordan and escaped into the land of Gad and Gilead. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgag, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier. But Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. So he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offering. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet him and welcomed him. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my man scattering from me and you didn't arrive when you said you would. And the Philistines are at Michmash, ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgag, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. <clears throat> How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Have you kept it? Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord had already appointed him to be the leader of his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. Samuel then left Gilgag and went on his way, but the rest of the truth went with Saul to meet the army. They went up from Gilgag to Gibeah in the land of Benjamin. When Saul counted the men who were still with him, he found only 600 were left. 
Saul and Jonathan and the troops with them were staying at Giba in the land of Benjamin. The Philistines set up their camp at Michmash. Three raiding parties soon left the camp of the Philistines. One went north toward Ophrah in the land of Shaua. Another went west to Bet Horan. And the third moved toward the border above the valley of Seboim near the wilderness. There was no blacksmiths in the land of Israel in those days. The Philistines wouldn't allow them for fear they would make swords and spears for the Hebrews. So whenever the Israelites needed to sharpen their plowshares, picks, axes, or sickles, they had to take them to Philistine blacksmith. The charge works as follows. A quarter of an ounce of silver for sharpening a plowshare or a pick, and an eighth of an ounce for sharpening an axe or a sickle or an ox goat. So on that day, the battle, none of the people of Israel had a sword or spear except for Saul and Jonathan. The pass at Michmash had meanwhile been secured by a contingent of the Philistine army. Okay, John 7, 1 through 30. After this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea, where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. And Jesus' brother said to him, Leave here and go to Judea where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers didn't believe in him. Jesus replied, Now is not the right time for me to go. But you can go anytime. The world can't hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. You go on, I am not going to this festival because my time has not yet come. After saying these things, Jesus remained in Galilee. But after his brothers left for the festival, Jesus also went, though secretly, staying out of public view. The Jewish leaders tried to find him at the festival and kept asking if anyone had seen him. There were a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some argued he is a good man, but others say he's nothing but a fraud who deceased the people. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Then midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained, they asked. So Jesus told them, My message is not my own. I come from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. Those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves. But a person who seeks to honor the one who sent him speaks truth, not lies. Moses gave you the law, but none of you obey it. In fact, you are trying to kill me. The crowd replied, You're demon-possessed. Who is trying to kill you? Jesus replied, I did one miracle on the Sabbath, and you were amazed. But you worked on the Sabbath too, when you obeyed Moses' law and circumcision. Actually, this tradition of circumcision began with the patriarchs long before the law of Moses. For if the correct time for circumcision of son falls on the Sabbath, 
you go ahead and do it so as to not to break the law of Moses. So why should you be angry with me for healing a man on the Sabbath? Look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. Some of the people who lived in Jerusalem started to ask each other, Isn't this the man they are trying to kill? But here he is, speaking in public, and they say nothing to him. Could our leaders possibly believe that he is the Messiah? But how could he be? For we know where this man comes from. When the Messiah comes, he will simply appear. No one knows. No one will know where he is coming from. While Jesus was teaching in the temple, he called out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I come from, but I am not here on my own. The one who sent me is true, and you don't know him, but I know him because I come from him, and he sent me to you. Then the leaders tried to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his time had not yet come. All right, I'm going to read Psalms 107 and 108. 107 says, Take to heart the evidence of your own life, of the Lord's faithful love. Take to heart the evidence in your own life of the love of our faithful Lord. Express to God your confidence in Him before you make your requests. Amen. Okay, give thanks to the Lord, Psalm 107. For He is good, His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others He has redeemed you from your enemies. For He has gathered the exiles from many lands, from the east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty, they nearly died. Lord, help, they cried in their troubles, and He rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for His great love and for the wonderful things He has done for them. For He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron and chains of misery. <clears throat> they reveled against the swords of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why he broke them with hard labor. They fell, and no one was there to help them. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains, let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze and cut apart their bars of iron. Some were fools. They reveled and suffered for their sins. They could, couldn't stand the thought of food, and they were knocking on death's door. Lord, help! They cried out in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. He sent out His word and healed them, <clears throat> snatching them from the door of death. Let them praise the Lord for His great love and for the wonderful things He has done for them. Let them praise the Lord for His great love and for the wonderful things He has done for them. Let them sing. Let them offer sacrifice of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about His glorious acts. Some went off to sea in ships, playing the trade routes of the world blind. 
They too observed the Lord's power in action, his impressive work on the deepest sea. He spoke, and the winds rose, stirring up the waves. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wits' end. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waters, the waves. What a blessing was the, that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them exalt him publicly before the congregation and before the leaders of the nation. He changes rivers into deserts and springs of water into dry, thirsty land. He turns the fruitful land into salty wastelands because of the wickedness of those who live there. But he also turns desert into pools of water and dry land into springs of water. He brings the hungry to settle there and to build their cities. They sow their fields, plant their vineyards, and harvest their bumper crops. How he blesses them. They raise families there, and their herd of livestock increase. When they decrease in number and become impoverished through oppression, trouble, and sorrow, the Lord pours contempt on their princes, causing them to wander in trackless wastelands. But he rescues the poor from trouble and increases their families like flocks of sheep. The godly will see these things and be glad, while the wicked are struck silent. Those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. Amen. Now we read Psalm 108. It says uh, to verse 13, My heart is confident in you, O God. No wonder I can sing your praises. With all my heart, wake up, lear and heart. I will awake the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations, for your unfailing love is higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. Now rescue your beloved people. Answer and save us by your power. God has promised this by his holiness. I will drive up Shechem with joy. I will divide up Shechem with joy. I will measure out the valley of Sukkah. Gilead is mine and Manasseh too. Ephraim, my helmet, will produce my warriors. And Judah, my scepter, will produce my kings. My Moab, my washman, will become my servant. And I will wipe my feet in, on Edom and shout in triumph over Philistia. Who will bring me in the fortified city? Who will bring me victory over Edom? Have you rejected us, O God? Will you no longer march with our armies? Oh, please help us against our enemies, for all human help is useless. With God's help, we will do mighty things. He will trample down our foes. And Proverbs. We have Proverbs. 15, 1 to 3, and 4. A gentle answer deflects anger, for harsh words make tempers flare. 
The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of fools belches out foolishness. The Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Thank you for coming on today's podcast. Really appreciate you. May God continue to bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. Amen.